This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. You are listening to The Overwhelmed Brain. If you experience social anxiety, get the powerful safe system for social anxiety at quietbegins.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, it's another week. Welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can stay out of dysfunction and toxic situations and also show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right, today I want to talk about personal boundaries. Um, I've had a couple episodes on personal boundaries before and I covered quite a bit and how important they are in your life. But uh, this episode, I really want to unpack them and emphasize exactly why you want personal boundaries in your life in what they are. I mean, some people have written to me and said, what are personal boundaries? And they just didn't know, or they didn't know how to define them. In this episode, I hope to resolve any questions about personal boundaries and also emphasize some of the real important stuff uh, surrounding personal boundaries. And this is something that I've not had much of throughout my life. Uh, so I relate to it in a way where I grew up as the people pleaser, letting people stomp all over my boundaries, which really didn't exist, and also um, people taking advantage of me and me letting them do it because I didn't have any clear, defined personal boundaries. So uh, I come from that place. And when things turned for me is when I took the chance, took the leap of faith, and started honoring myself. It was scary. <laughs> it was very scary. And even today, there are times when I really want to honor myself and say what I want to say, but perhaps don't. And, you know, you pick your battles. You might be in a situation where if you said something, it might create a problem, so you just don't. But is that the pattern? That's what I look for. Is it, Am I repeating a pattern in my life that will be... Uh, detrimental to me, that will put me in emotional deficit or take the energy out of me, suck the wind out of my sails in a sense where I grew up as the people pleaser. So I let people take advantage of me all the time. They didn't know they were taking advantage of me because I never told them not to. I never told them what not to do. I never told them what was acceptable or not in my life. So when somebody wanted me to work the weekend and I didn't want to, but I said yes anyway, I would grow resentment toward them. I would think thoughts like they just don't care about me. Because why would they ask me to work the weekend? Don't they know it bothers me? 
Of course they don't know. (laughs) They don't know something bothers me because I never told them. And one of the things about personal boundaries, and this is what I'm going to talk about shortly, is how personal boundaries create a structure, a framework of who you are and how you show up in the world. And when people can see the framework, they understand it, they are given the framework by you, then they know what the boundaries are. Then they know where they can go. The fenced area is right there. They can't get past because you've placed it there. And then, of course, there are people that you trust more, that you can be more vulnerable with, and you might let them a little bit further than that fence. You might let them inside and let them see different parts of you or deeper parts of you that you wouldn't show anyone else. It doesn't mean you don't have boundaries anymore. It just means other people can be within those boundaries because you trust them more. We're going to get into it today about personal boundaries, so I won't get into anything too deep right now, but I wanted to just kind of frame this, show you the structure, tell you the grid work of this show, so you are primed to really start understanding yourself more. I tell you what, my life changed when I started honoring my personal boundaries. My life shifted My fears went away, my old fears. Some fears I may still have, but my old fears went away regarding if I didn't people please, I wouldn't be liked. I I just turned into a different person, a happier person, a less stressed person, a more peaceful person, because I started telling people what I wanted and what I didn't want. I started telling people what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable, and I did it at a risk. And there's the word. That's what we try to avoid. We don't want the risk of honoring ourselves. Because if we do, then so-and-so won't like us. So-and-so will fire us. So-and-so will divorce us. It's always someone else that's going to do something to us. So we are afraid to do it. And I don't know if we're put on this earth to be afraid. I don't think we are. (laughs) I think we're put on this earth to face the challenges and get through them. Or I'm sure that's not the main reason, but if we are going to look at life as anything, maybe we can look at it as, hey, I'm here to face the challenges. Am I going to pass or fail? Because we get those moments, right? We get these pass-fail moments all the time. Somebody cuts in front of you in line at the supermarket, there's a pass-fail moment right there. (laughs) Do you really fail if you don't say anything? No. But what do you carry with you? That's how I look at failure. And, and failure is a strong word. I don't mean to use it that way, but let's just call it that to make it easy. Uh, I look at failure as something happened to me today. Uh, I didn't say anything about it, and I swallowed the anger and upset about it, and now I took that anger and upset home to my family, and I took it out on them. I would consider that a failure. I would consider that me not addressing what I should address in a more productive way, whether that is telling the person in line, that they just cut in front of me. Hey, could you please go behind me because I was standing in line and they may not answer. They may say something rude, whatever, but at least I tried. And maybe I would explore it further and try to get in front of them, but that would be ridiculous because it would cause a fight and then suddenly every everyone's on YouTube and everyone's making fun. Don't want that, <laughs> but what would I do with that anger? Now I've swallowed the anger and I, I'm driving home and all I can think about is that person that cut me off. What do I do with it? I might go home and talk to my girlfriend and say, God, this person cut me off. I want to process this. I want to get out, get this out of my head. 
and she might ask me some questions. You know, you have good communication with someone, your friend, your family member, someone on social media. Oh, this thing happened to me today and I don't know how to get over it. And you start talking to people. Other people are helpful. Some people are helpful. Just like in the, um, the Facebook group, the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group, some people put it out there and they just say, hey, this is happening to me. Uh, what are your thoughts? And then over and over again, I see people go, oh, this is what I did. This is what I did. Or why don't you try this? Or maybe you can do that. And some people's answers are spot on and some people's answers won't work for that situation, but it worked for them. And I can see the shifts from the replies. So this is just, you know, people typing on a computer back and forth. Even that's helpful. Other people, I think, need to be involved in your life if you're going to associate and relate to other people. I say that because you go out into the world and someone's going to tick you off somewhere. Someone's going to make you upset. Someone's going to have values that don't align with yours. Someone's going to bring up something political and you're not going to want to talk about it and you're in the middle of it. And suddenly you have all these feelings. You don't know what to do with them. Maybe you exploded at them, but you still don't have any closure. So now what do you do with it? You talk to someone. You express what's going on inside of you. You pull it out and you tell them, this is what's happening to me. This is what happened to me today. Help me get through this. Help me get over it. But instead, sometimes we'll hold it in. And then we'll get irritated when someone makes a noise in the other room. Or we'll get angry that someone's not watching the TV station that we want to watch. And it has nothing to do with what's happening. It has everything to do with that upset that we swallowed earlier. And I've seen way too many relationships suffer from the inability to express to each other because somebody had a bad day or someone doesn't want to deal with their emotions because it's too painful to bring up and they would rather just hold it in and have it explode in other ways that are very unproductive. Not that that's their thought process, but that's what happens. Or you don't feel safe to express to the people that you love or that you're the people that you're with or around. There's that factor too. When you don't feel safe enough to express to those people, you don't. And so you hold it in. But you got to find some way. you got to find some outlet to get it out of you. When full expression of self happens, full authenticity of self can occur. I'm not saying it always does, but at least you can be more authentic when you get it out of your system and become more clear. Because how many times in life have you carried something with you throughout the days, weeks, months, years, and everything that happens to you, you're a bit more sensitive to because you're holding on to this upset that you had 14 years ago and you can't get past it. So everything else makes you more vulnerable. And when somebody cuts you off on the road or with their cart at the supermarket, you might experience a more intense emotional trigger than you would had you been clear. Had you gotten rid of some of the stuff from being able to express it to someone else? I mean, I had someone reach out to me once and say, you know, I I have this roommate and he's amazing. I can tell him anything. Uh, Yet I have this one thing that I'm carrying with me and I don't want to tell him. And I asked, well, is it about him? And this person said, no. Well, it doesn't have anything to do with him. And this person said, no. And then I asked, well, if you can tell him anything, why won't you tell him this? And this person said, I I, I just don't know. (laughs) And so there's some old obstacle in there that is telling this person, if I speak up, 
something bad will happen to me. And we got to start addressing these old belief systems that don't serve us anymore. Something bad is going to happen to me. What does that even mean? You're with this person that is so safe in your life and they want the best for you. I can't imagine they would want you to hold on to what you're holding on to. I would imagine that they want you to free yourself of it. And when I asked that, this person said, yes, absolutely. They would want me to be happy. And I just want to reach through the phone and grab their collar and say, well, go tell him. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. I'm not that aggressive. But you get my point where you see a solution, but someone else is afraid to execute that solution because of old fears, because of old beliefs, because of old emotional triggers, uh, because their dad did this to them, because their mom or their brother or their sister or some betrayal happened in their life and they hold on to it. And these are the things that haven't reached closure in us, that we haven't processed, that we haven't healed from, that we just haven't expressed to someone else and finally get it out of our system. Some of the most freeing moments in my life were when I was able to sit with someone that I loved and trusted and tell them something that I was ashamed by or embarrassed by or felt guilty about. When you can express those feelings to someone else and finally get it out of your system, it is a huge step forward and sometimes it is the step to take. It can be very powerful. When we come back, let's go over personal boundaries. Good stuff today. Be right back. Okay, wow, I've been doing some editing on the uh, safe system for social anxiety recently over at quietbegins.com. And I got to tell you, some of these techniques are pretty powerful. Um, You know, I get exposure to the the teachings on that. You know, I do some teaching, of course, on on the system as well. But I have like eight or nine other experts that have come in and given their suggestions and techniques on how they beat their social anxiety. And I'm not here to say that they all beat social anxiety and they're all free and clear. Um, there's a couple that still have it every now and then, but they have the tools now to be able to get through the, the moments of social anxiety because of the techniques that I have on this system. And there's quite a few things that I learned, uh, during my interviews with them, during the production of this, uh, product that have enlightened me. I mean, we're all so used to looking on the internet for the answers, right? We look up Uh, How to beat social anxiety. And we get the same responses all the time. Plenty of exercise. Eat right. Get a good night's sleep. Meditate. And did I mention exercise? And you see those over and over again. And and pretty soon you become desensitized to it. But they're all valid. They're, They're all good pieces of advice. However, I didn't want to just grab those pieces of advice and then put them in a product and put it out there. Because you can find that anywhere. I wanted some unique stuff and some of the steps that I walk you through and the other experts walk you through in the safe system is really unique. It's really powerful stuff and it makes me feel good knowing that I can provide this to you. So if you are experiencing social anxiety and you're looking for some sort of solution, you've tried a bunch, um, you've probably not had anything like this. It's pretty interesting. It's an audio product and it's segmented into learning pods that you listen to and take notes and do exercises and emergency pods 
which you actually play while you're starting to experience anxiety so that you can get walked through it and minimize it and hopefully get out of it altogether. And all the exercises that you learn from the learning pods, you take with you as well, just in case you can't stick an earphone in. Um, There are things that you can do while you're even standing there talking to someone. There are things that you can do in yourself to help relieve the anxiety. I want that for you. I want you to be able to relieve it anytime you need to. So head over to quietbegins.com and check out the safe system for social anxiety. If you've been experiencing it for a long time um, or it just happens out of the blue, this may be the perfect thing for you. Quietbegins.com. All right, are you ready? I'm going to tell you the sacred components of personal boundaries and why you should define and enforce them whenever possible. I'm using the word sacred. They may not be sacred, but they are definitely words to remember as I go through this. So I'm going to go through these uh, one at a time and kind of talk about each one as I go through them. So one of the first questions might be, why do we need boundaries? My answer is so that people will know what is and is not acceptable to us. The example I used in the last segment, I was a people pleaser all my life. I gave in to other people's wants and needs over my own because I wanted to be liked and I hated confrontation. And because of that, I just took what I got. I just took what was handed to me. Whatever job came along, I just did it and shut my mouth and did my job no matter how bad it was, no matter how badly my coworkers treated me, no matter how underpaid I felt I was, I just shut my mouth and did my job. And you know, some people can be happy doing that, but what happens when people are crossing the line with you? What happens when there are things that aren't acceptable to you and you don't say anything? This is when resentment and anger and other things build up in you that come out in explosive ways to other people, to people that we love. And we don't want that to happen. So why we need boundaries is so that we will define to the world what is acceptable and what is not to us. Not only does that let other people know what is good for you so that they can show up in a way that's good for you, but it also gives you a clear understanding of what is acceptable or not so that you are more clear. Because once you know what's acceptable or not, you have a clearer direction. You have a clearer definition of your goals. You have a much more clearer idea of what kind of relationship you want. When you don't understand and enforce your boundaries, you usually end up with some sort of emotional corruption where people are just doing whatever they want to do to you. In my life, I never confronted anyone for their, for example, rudeness. I just swallowed my irritation and anger and let them steamroll me. This was very prevalent in high school where somebody would cross the line with me. They would make fun of me. They would push me around. They would just do things that were bullying toward me. And I just swallowed my anger and I let them steamroll me. And I took that with me throughout life. It's no fun being bullied and bullying transforms into other behaviors later on in life. Meaning, If you're used to being bullied later on in life, you get bullied, but it's more of an allowing bully. Like someone tells you what to do, you don't want to do it, but you do it anyway. It's almost like you're allowing them to tell you what to do when you don't want to do it, and you're not saying no. 
Even though you've become this full-grown adult and you can make your own decisions, you're an independent person, yet you still don't tell them to back off. You still don't tell them um, that's not acceptable behavior. And that was me. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I am saying that your life can be harder if you don't define the boundaries, if you don't define the framework of how you want to be treated. For example, I had to enforce my boundaries a few times in the relationship I'm in today because I felt she was being too pushy or disrespectful. It was near the beginning. It happened and we addressed it and we figured it out. But you find out who really wants your happiness when they're willing to hear you out and you let them know that what they're doing is hurting you in some way. And they actually listen to you. They actually want to know what's hurting you so that they don't do it again. That really reveals a lot about the person that you're with. So the times it came up in the relationship that I'm in today, uh, I was able to say, look, you know, you're crossing the line here. You are disrespecting me and I don't like it. You need to back off. And it stopped her for a minute and we talked about it and it made sense. And later on we talked about it and, and she said she was grateful that I did that. She was grateful that I let her know where the line was. You know, she had relationships in the past that she could easily cross the line with her partner and they didn't really say anything. And that actually can equate to someone not feeling comfortable with you, which is another interesting angle to this, is that when you don't define your boundaries to someone else or the framework of how you want to be treated, they're not sure how to act around you. They're not sure who you are. They're not sure how you're going to show up in every situation because maybe it's wishy-washy, maybe it's just not clearly defined so they don't know until they actually have some event that occurs that they can now interpret who you're going to be. They can now figure it out. It's not that you reveal everything up front and say, this is what I accept and this is what I don't accept, but you make things clear as you go along and you don't keep any mysteries alive. You know, those mysteries of, I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder if they're upset. I wonder if they have any thoughts on this because you just make it clear what your thoughts are. You just make it clear what you will and won't accept. And I'm going to say this over and over again. I'm not saying that doing this is easy. It's usually hard if you've not done it throughout any relationship that you're in, especially family. When you're in any type of relationship with family, they know you the way they've always known you all your life. If they've known you to be a pushover when you were younger, you're probably still a pushover to them unless you've shown them this new side of you. Unless you've decided to show up as the person that did all this self-help and personal growth work and reading and videos and therapy and coaching, whatever you've done in your life, if you decide to show up as this new person for them, then you establish a new relationship. You establish new parameters of the relationship. And some people won't like it. Some people will defy it. They will rebel against it. They don't want this new you. They like being who they are with the old you. This is why sometimes it's hard to show up in your family as this new person because they're expecting the old person. They're expecting the old belief systems, the old values, the old behaviors, the old personality. And if it's not there, then something's wrong with you. <laughs> something's different about you and I can't get used to it. And hopefully you have a supportive family that will go, wow, you're really improving. Wow, there's so many good things happening in your life. I can just tell the way you show up. Hopefully your family is like that and not like other families that I've heard about that say, you've changed and I don't like it. What's wrong with you? 
families that may have been enabling each other's bad behavior for many, many years, all their lives sometimes, can be those types of families that don't want to change because that enabling actually allowed them to be dysfunctional and toxic. And it was easier for some people to show up that way than to have to face any of the real issues in their world. So like that uh, issue with my girlfriend, uh, when push came to shove, which is just uh, an expression, (laughs) we reached a level of understanding that helped grow our relationship, that helped us become stronger. Because now she knew what bothered me and she knew why. She knew that I felt disrespected or felt like I was being pushed around or whatever it was. And not that she was doing that intentionally, not that she was trying to hurt me or trying to disrespect me. It just happens in communication because we're all learning how each other communicate all the time. And sometimes you're in relationships all your life that you communicate in a certain way and it's not always healthy. And then when you get into a healthy relationship and you try to communicate the the same old way you've always done it, especially when you come out of family that doesn't communicate in a healthy way or they're just toxic in many ways, then you come out with things in a healthy relationship that can cause damage or at least hurt. And so that's why it's so important to have these hard conversations and talk about things that aren't necessarily easy to talk about. Boundaries aren't always easy to talk about because someone violates one of your boundaries and you're afraid to say something because they might get upset. And what if they leave? What if they yell at me? What if this? What if that? So you hold it in. But holding it in continues the damage. It's self-destructive. And it comes out in other ways, other destructive ways later. And this is why another one of the sacred components of personal boundaries is that they define the relationship parameters that keep you happy. My wife taught me this when I was married. She got sick of my people pleasing. She got so sick of me showing up as meek, I guess you could say. Um, always trying to make sure she wasn't upset. Always walking on eggshells around her just to make sure she was happy. Everything, my entire personality, all my characteristics, all my behavior was to serve her and she was getting sick of it. And it's strange because some people might think, wow, that sounds like a great deal. (laughs) It sounds like a good idea, but it's not because what happened was I ended up becoming the person I believe she wanted me to be instead of the person that I really wanted to be. But I want to be the person that she wants me to be. That was my original attitude. And so the day she said, look, When you talk to me like that, you sound like a little boy. And I did. I sounded like I I was a little boy showing up in the relationship, asking her if it's okay to do things, Uh, asking her if it was okay if I eat without her, asking her permission for so many things. Instead of just saying, hey, look, this is what I'm going to do. You can join me if you want, but this is what I want to do. Not that it really went down that way, but she wanted to see some autonomy. She wanted me to do things for me so that she could get to know the real me. She didn't need an extension of her. She didn't need someone guessing at what she needs and trying to meet her expectations because it became all about her, not about us. I made everything about her. She wanted me to show up as me with my own thoughts, my own opinions, my own taste in food, my own thoughts about movies and books, and she wanted someone that she could have dialogue with, that she could connect with that wasn't someone that was trying to be something else that he wasn't. And that's what I did all my life. I did that in every relationship. I showed up as the person I thought they wanted me to be. Typical people pleaser. 
In the day she said, I want you to tell me when you're angry. I want you to tell me what you want. And that was very hard. It was very hard to go from where I was into that space because I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted. And even when I did, my brain worked so fast to cut that out, you know, take away what I wanted because I had to serve her. That was my brain's natural programming. I have to serve you. When I cut that out, uh, suddenly, who am I without that? So that was a whole redefining that I had to go through. And a lot of people listening may have to go through in order to show up authentically, in in order to show up as someone who has their own independent thoughts. Because it can get very tiring if someone is always trying to predict what you want and trying to meet your expectations because there's no variety. There's not much more to the relationship than you getting everything you want all the time when someone's doing that for you. And like I said, it sounds enticing, but it has probably been one of the main components that has destroyed all my relationships is me showing up as someone I thought they wanted me to be. When I finally let that go, I didn't mean I lost my kindness, didn't mean I lost my compassion or my ability to give. It just allowed me to give and receive to myself as well. And that's important. That's when a lot of my personal boundaries started being defined is when I allowed myself to give to myself, is when I allowed myself to disagree with other people, when I allowed myself to say no instead of always saying yes. That's when boundaries really begin in you, is when you start making it clear to others what you want and what you don't want. And sometimes you have to learn what you want and what you don't want when you haven't been doing it. Another thing boundaries do is that they help you determine what your bottom line is, where you won't settle for less, nor will you allow others to take more. For example, my girlfriend said after quite a few failed relationships that she would no longer settle. She'd rather be single than settle for anyone that doesn't meet her newly defined values, her newly defined standards, and also boundaries. When you put that out there and you say, look, I am not going to settle for anything less than this, You make it very clear to yourself that when someone comes into your life, you can look at that person and go, well, he or she is good in this many ways. They're not so good in these ways, but I've got nothing else going on, so I might as well just stick with them for a while and see where this goes. You don't even do that. You actually end up following a very clear road that you set for yourself so that you don't end up with someone that doesn't meet those standards, that don't live up to those values and boundaries that you set up. So she chose to stay single for a long time until she met me. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I just met the values that she had on her list and she wouldn't settle for less. This is why it's so important to define them for yourself. Even if you don't tell anyone else, if you define them for yourself, then you know which direction to take and you know who to allow into your life and you know what you want out of life. You just become more clear, more focused. And yes, if you're talking about a romantic relationship, you could be alone for a while until that perfect person comes along. It doesn't mean you never give yourself leniency or give in a little bit. You just know what you want for the long term and you won't settle. And when you do that, you're telling yourself that I am worth more. I am worth this set of criteria. I am worth this reward, this type of person, this type of environment, this type of job, whatever it is, I am worth it. If you can get into that space, then you'd be willing to wait. You'd be willing to wait for that thing that meets all your expectations because you know it's going to be great. And you can say, I deserve something great. I deserve it. 
And let me just repeat this component, which is your boundaries help you determine what your bottom line is, where you won't settle for less, nor will you allow others to take more. And what I mean by that is you don't go around allowing people to take advantage of you. You don't allow them to take more than you want to give. Again, when I tell you these things, it doesn't mean it's set in stone. You can always change your mind. You can always give more if you want. You can always give less if you want. These are yours to do with what you wish, and you can change them at any time. But use them as your baseline. But with the example of allowing others to take more. You know, I've been in groups before where most of the people in the group felt obligated to do something. Like someone would ask, hey, can you help me out here? I need help with this, this, and this. And everyone would feel, or a lot of people would feel obligated to do it. So they would say, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And if I didn't want to do it, I mean, I would probably do it because I'm a helpful guy anyway. But if I didn't want to, I've been known to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time or not even give an excuse. I would just say no. And the people that said yes, that felt obligated to do it, later on, I would talk to them and they would be like, I wish I had said no. (laughs) I am so jealous that you said no and you got out of it, but we're stuck in it and it's going to take hours or days. I can't believe I signed up for this. But I have no problem saying no because I honor myself. I, I know some things will take up more of my time and energy than I can give. If I don't have it, I can't give it. Some people don't have it and they still give it. And then they grow resentful and then they have bad feelings about it and then they're not signing up for anything and then they're trying to avoid these things later where all they had to do was just say no or maybe next time or whatever let's take a quick break and i'll come back and i'll finish this off with three or four more sacred components of personal boundaries and we'll wrap this up be right back final stretch on the sacred components of personal boundaries and why you should define and enforce them whenever possible. Uh, Your boundaries make those who really love and support you actually feel more comfortable around you because it helps them see the path they are to follow instead of walking blindly, not knowing what would upset you or not. For example, I received many emails from people that say they give all the clues to their partner or the people they are around that certain behavior is unacceptable. They will give their partner the look. They will do passive-aggressive things to their partner. They will be upset, and they will expect the the partner or the other person to mind-read and figure out why they're upset. Instead of just saying something like, I would like you to stop that behavior. I never want you to do that again. It hurts me, and it's mean. A lot of people don't say that. It's very direct. It's even confrontational. But when you say that and make it clear... At least they know the boundary and they can choose to violate it or not. If they continue to choose to violate it, now you know who you're dealing with. Now you know that someone doesn't have your best interest in mind. They don't seem to care whether you are happy or not, and they're going to continue violating it. Where it gets hairy is when we do passive-aggressive behaviors that don't directly say what we're upset about. Hey, you left all the dishes in the sink again. That really upsets me because you promised you would do them 
and now I have to do them again because you're too tired even though you promised. And I'm not talking about one time here or there. I'm talking about patterns again. What is the pattern? Is the pattern that the other person always promises things and never follows through? And instead of saying, hey, look, you said you'd do it and you're not doing it. That's not right. Either you do it or you don't. Make up your mind. Instead of doing something passive aggressive like give them a mean look or give them the silent treatment so they have no idea what you're thinking and not going into the space of, well, they should know. They should know why I'm upset. I'm not making fun of you if you do that. I used to do it all the time. (laughs) I used to do it and uh, it was terrible. It was terrible for the relationship because I would be silent. I would withdraw love and affection and it was, believe it or not, a form of emotional abuse. Yeah, but they're the ones doing wrong. They're the ones that are disrespecting me. They're the ones that aren't doing what they say they're going to do. Well, then that's fine. You say those words then. You're disrespecting me. You told me one thing and you did another. You lied to me. That's not acceptable to me. You know, you make up your own words. I'm just using words that I might use or might not, but I'm giving you the outline so that you know that when you need to say something, you need to say something instead of not say something, instead of keep it to yourself so that it festers inside of you. And everything I'm talking about today isn't a have to. You don't have to do any of this stuff. I'm just telling you what happens when you let things go for a long time. Someone violates your personal boundaries once, okay, you let them know and maybe they'll never do it again and it never has to be an issue. Someone violates your boundaries twice, well, okay, we might be able to let it go because they forgot the first time or they were just upset that day. But what about three times? What about five times? What about 10 times? What about when it gets to the point where you really can't stand it anymore and you have to say something? And that's the point where you choose to say it or not. If you don't say it, then it goes, it is one of those unspoken things that never resolves itself and it stays a problem. And pretty soon the relationship that you're in or with family or with a friend gets harder and harder to deal with because you still have this issue inside of you that you've not been able to express. But my point with this particular component of personal boundaries is that if you don't say exactly what the boundary is, hey, when you do that, it feels disrespectful. Hey, when you do that, it feels like you don't love me. Hey, when you do that, it hurts me. If you don't say these words, they may not be able to interpret what you're trying to say instead. So it's helpful to be more direct, more clear. The next component of personal boundaries is that really knowing and understanding your boundaries actually decreases your stress and increases your peace because it means you've taken the time to reflect on what's really important to you. I remember as soon as I started enforcing my own boundaries, my life changed. I was able to let go of old emotional triggers. There was no mystery in in what I was thinking. My partner and my friend and my family members, they knew what I was thinking because I didn't have to hide it anymore. There was no room for interpretation. I make it known that I'm not cool with something. And again, this doesn't mean you have to be mean. This doesn't mean you have to be rude. You just express yourself. And I'll give you a good example. Uh, My girlfriend and I and a group of friends went out to this restaurant. We wanted to try this new place. We hadn't been there in a long time. And they changed ownership. And when we got there, our friends and I couldn't hear each other. The music was louder than any restaurant I've ever been in. It was live band. So 
that explains it. But every surface was very solid, so everything was echoey, and uh, it was super amplified, and we couldn't hear each other, and we wanted to go out and talk. And I just sat down and thought, I can't have an entire lunch with my friends and not be able to hear a word they said. Besides, I'm not even comfortable here. It's just too loud. And all my friends, I could tell they were starting to settle in and they were also annoyed, but they didn't really want to get up and do anything about it because we were all here. And um, I decided to say, it's just too loud. I have to go. I didn't say we have to go. I said I had to go. (laughs) And uh, I wasn't sure what kind of response that was going to get, but there was a boundary violation going on here. I can't enjoy myself. I really like to enjoy myself at lunch. I really like to connect with my friends at lunch. And this loud music was uh, affecting me in a negative way. So I told my girlfriend, like, I can't stand this. I have to go. And I wasn't going to ask her to leave. I just said, I'm leaving. And when I said I was leaving, everyone looked at me and got up and walked out with me. And As we walked down the street to another restaurant, it was like a strip of uh, stores and restaurants, we were all so grateful. (laughs) Or they were grateful that somebody said something. And I was thinking, I wouldn't normally say anything. I would just sit there and take it because I don't want to make anyone upset if they wanted to be here. Like, what if I said something and somebody was really upset that they wanted the food and they would be fine with the atmosphere? And I thought, no, this is not what I want. This is just over the top. You know, sometimes you can allow your boundaries to be violated a little bit and you can make the compromise and you'll just deal with it. But this was over the top for me. I didn't want it and I had to go. And everyone else joined me. And come to find out, they all felt the same way, but nobody said anything. So I think back to that time and I wonder if nobody said anything and we just sat there, would this be one of those miserable experiences that we all sat through just because We were trying to be kind and polite to each other, you know, because if that person wants to stay, then we should all stay. It could have been. It may not have been. I I could be wrong there, but we couldn't hear each other. We couldn't talk to each other. And um, when I got up, I saw quite a few relieved expressions (laughs) that that we were leaving. And it was okay. It was another validation that it was okay to honor myself because we all wanted to support each other and we all wanted to connect with each other. And it was good to remember that and to leave that place and talk about it made us all feel better. And so now it is a good memory because we found a different restaurant that was a lot quieter. So this is what I mean that when I say it decreases your stress and increases your peace. Because I really took the time to reflect on the situation, on the environment, and if it was going to take a toll on me. And I decided it was. And, and I hear myself talking and it sounds like I'm One of these belligerent people that if I can't stand something, I'm just going to get up and walk away. I'm not like that at all. I'm actually very passive, very easygoing, but I know what my line is and where it is. And when it gets crossed, I have to stand up and do something about it. I have to honor myself. This is what I'm trying to convey to you is that just know where your line is. So when it does get crossed, you got to know yourself so well so that when this line gets crossed, you can say, "Uh uh-uh, you need to back off. My line is right there and you've gone a little too far and you can be nice about it. Your boundaries aren't an excuse to be mean or rude. In other words, enforcing a boundary could be a simple comment like, could you please not do that? And I want to emphasize that because I don't mean to say that anyone should be tyrannical. (laughs) I don't mean to say 
that you need to take out the boundary hammer and enforce them aggressively. I just prefer to give a soft nudge in the direction I want people to go. Like um, a story I told on, on the show before when I was at a car rental counter and I was filling out the paperwork, I was getting a car, I was at the airport and some guy came right up to me and I swear his head was practically on my shoulder looking over it. And he wasn't looking at my paperwork, but he was talking to the clerk. And this is one of those instances where you're talking to somebody and somebody comes along and just interrupts and starts talking. And I thought, this is really strange, but I kind of let it go. But I didn't like the idea that he was standing right behind me. I could feel his body heat. It was just way too close for comfort. And my old passive self would have just kind of cringed inside and just hoped he went away or just tried to hurry the process. But the question of what would I do or say if I had no fear came up. And what I thought of was, could you please move? You're standing too close and it's uncomfortable for me. And I said that that's exactly what I pretty much exactly what I said. And he looked at me kind of strange and he moved to the left and he waited his turn and (laughs) It felt really good. And I also felt like, whoa, that worked. (laughs) It was very early in the days I started honoring myself and saying what was on my mind. But it reminded me all I had to do is ask for what I wanted. Otherwise, people don't know what you want. And a lot of them don't even know they're violating your boundaries, which is why you have to make it clear, which is why I have this particular episode to remind you that you need to sometimes remind people what your boundaries are or tell them for the first time what your boundaries are so that they know what they're violating and what they aren't violating. And it could be as simple as asking, would you mind not doing that? Would you mind giving me some space? Or even questions like, did you realize that you're standing a little bit too close to me? You can actually ask them if they realize something. Did you realize that when you leave dirty dishes on the floor, that it really upsets me. Did you realize that? (laughs) Because if you didn't, I'm telling you now. (laughs) And so let me give you the last sacred component of personal boundaries, which is your boundaries aren't created for anyone in particular, though they can originate because of someone in particular. What I mean by that is some people will think that they are being singled out or that you don't like them or it's all about them or whatever. In cases like that, just be sure to tell them that Your boundaries aren't about them. They're about you. They're about you keeping the stress out of your life and keeping the peace in your life. Not about hurting them, offending them, making their life difficult. It's just about having less stress and more peace in your own life. So it's easier to enforce your boundaries when you're not pointing the finger at someone else, but keeping the realm, the concept of boundaries inside of you and keeping the focus on what you would appreciate and what you wouldn't appreciate. How you would like people to show up in your life and how you wouldn't like people to show up in your life. It's all about self-preservation, keeping you happy, keeping you at peace, keeping you in less stress. Because when you can really do that for yourself, then you never have to point the finger and say, you're a jerk. I can't believe you did that to me. How can you live with yourself? You can just take that pointing finger away and say, I don't appreciate when you do that. It affects me this way. It upsets me. It hurts me. It makes me feel like you disrespect me. Even though there's a subtle finger pointing at them still because they are involved with it, you still come back and say, that kind of behavior I don't accept in my life. 
You can keep it a little bit generic, that kind of behavior. Instead of saying, you did this, you can say, that kind of behavior is something I won't accept in my life. So does this make sense? Can you work with me? It's not about you. It's about me and what I need to do in my life. I would really love for you to be in my life, but if you continue doing that behavior, I may not be able to stick around while it happens because it stresses me out. It causes me to be upset. And I don't think you're trying to make me upset. I mean, you can kind of throw in that um, innuendo. And if they say, no, no, of course not. I want to have a great relationship with you. Perfect. Then they're willing to work with you. And if they're not, you'll find out. You'll find out who is willing to work with you and honor you honoring yourself. But I think most importantly is understanding what your boundaries are inside of you. So no matter who shows up in your life, you have a clear definition of what they are so that you know the path to follow and you know what behavior is acceptable or not in your life. I packed a lot in today's episode. I'm sorry if it's a little overwhelming. Uh, That's usually the opposite of what I'm trying to achieve over here. But (laughs) I hope you got something from today's show. Thanks for joining me. We'll be right back. Say some goodbyes and my final words after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you about the safe empowerment system for social anxiety. Head over to quietbegins.com and check that out. If you're experiencing social anxiety and you want an audio system that is designed specifically to enter your mind and help you repattern old patterns of anxiety so that you can decrease and overcome it so that you can actually enjoy a day out somewhere or lunch somewhere or a dinner somewhere, or an event, or anything like that, the system is designed to help you gain a new perspective, quote, rewire your mind, and put you in a better place so that you can actually enjoy life again. Go to quietbegins.com to find out more. And I want to remind you of the Love and Abuse podcast over at loveandabuse.com. You know, we were talking about personal boundaries today. Nothing more important than personal boundaries when you're in a toxic relationship of some sort. Love and Abuse is all about poisonous communication and toxic relationships. And that podcast may be very helpful for you if you have trouble honoring your boundaries and uh, you want to figure out the best course of action. You want to educate yourself on what kind of behaviors are out there so that you can learn what's acceptable or not to you. Because some behavior we can't really tell if they're being a jerk or not, or if they're being poisonous or toxic or not. Sometimes it's hard to tell, and that's what that show is all about, loveandabuse.com. It's the official podcast of the Mean Workbook, and that is an assessment and healing guide for difficult relationships, and um, that's very helpful if you want to learn about your relationship and why it's so darn difficult, if it is. Both the workbook and the podcast are over at loveandabuse.com. And I want to thank the patron members over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. They are the financial backers of this show. If you are getting value from this show and you want to show your thanks, just head over to that site. And um, not only will your support help the show go on, which it does, believe me, uh, but you also get uh, free workbooks over there, a PDF of the Overwhelmed Brain book, a lot of private episodes and a continually growing library, a lot of episodes that you haven't heard if you're not a patron member, and a lot of specific teachings that I do over there that I don't do here. And even a video archive of some of the video trainings that I've done over the years. So head over there and check it out. Patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And I am grateful for you patron members. 
And also for anyone that donates through theoverwhelmedbrain.com or uses the Amazon button at that same site, always to show your support. I appreciate you very much. It's how we keep doing what we're doing. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And I'm going to give you my final personal boundaries story that really exemplifies everything I'm trying to say. In fact, it goes right along the lines of the last episode I did called How to Create the Life You Want. And it has to do with making room for the things that you want in your life. How can you make room for the things you want in your life if what you have in your life are a bunch of things that are violating your boundaries? Because if they're violating your boundaries, they're, they're taking up room. They're taking up your time and energy and you won't have any energy left. If you don't have enough energy left to get the things that you actually want in life, you won't get them. It'll be very difficult to get them, let me put it that way. But my story is something I've told on the air before. When I was married, I was completely broke and we were going to the soup kitchen every day and I finally got a job and this job, you know, was fun at first, about first three weeks and then they introduced elements that uh, were a violation of my personal values and boundaries and I couldn't be creative. They stifled that. I couldn't give my input. I couldn't suggest things that would make the job easier for everyone there. They didn't want to hear any of it. And they wanted to put me on the phones, which I didn't want to do because it wasn't in the job description. I wanted to be kind of an introvert and not be on the phones and do my own thing in the office. And I thought that's what the job was. But it turned out they were looking for more of a support position. And uh, I didn't like that at all. So three weeks into this job and I'm finally making money for my wife and I. And I'm thinking I'll finally get us out of this hole that we're in. And suddenly these violations were coming up. These personal boundary value standard criteria violations and then I felt like a prisoner I felt like I was imprisoning myself at this place that I no longer felt in integrity with that I felt was damaging me I know that's extreme I know that's dramatic but it felt so imprisoning it felt so stifling it felt so crushing to be there It was crushing my spirit my soul to be there And I felt like I had no choice because we had no money. And if I quit, we'd have no money again. And what next? I felt all the pressure that I could feel and I didn't know what to do. And I ended up calling my wife and telling her I felt all this pressure and the job description has changed and now I'm going to do something I really hate and I just can't stand being here, but I know I don't have a choice. And she told me, I support whatever path you want to take. And I nearly, I think I did, I think I cried when she said that because I knew what I wanted to do. I just wanted somebody's permission to do it. And she gave me that permission. She supported my path. She just wanted me to be happy. Even if that meant we would end up back at the soup kitchen again. And I'm not saying that everyone could follow this path. Some people have kids. Some people have a lot of obligations and they need to take care of those obligations And we were at the bottom of the well and there was no other way to go. So I think having money for a little bit and then losing it again, we didn't really go too far. Uh, But I had a lot riding on me, all this pressure, because I knew this is the way to make money. And I was going to give it up. Yet it was the only path I knew to make money. But I hung up with her and I thought about it for a moment. And I realized, you know, am I willing to quit 
and go back to the soup kitchen just because I don't like what I do. And the thoughts came up of, yeah, but this feels stifling. I feel like a prisoner. And suddenly it became more about my integrity, my happiness. Suddenly those things were more important than money. They were more important than getting out of a hole. They were very personal. And I knew if I stayed that I would just become more and more unhappy as time went on. So it was a very difficult decision. And I went up to the supervisor and I said, I'm, I quit. And he looked surprised, uh, but he said, oh, okay. And um, I said, you know, thanks a lot. It's been great working with you. And I walked away. And the moment I walked out that door, I felt free. I felt so good. I was liberated. I couldn't believe how good I felt knowing that I was broke. <laughs> it was the most freeing feeling uh, probably ever. I mean, it was just, it was such a step in the direction of me. It was such a personal step into my own self-worth, my own self-compassion, my own self-love. It was giving me what I needed. It was nourishing me. I felt it right away. And I went home and I told my wife I quit and she was okay with it. And that helps, you know, when you have a support system like that, that's why it's important to surround yourself with people that support you, even if they disagree with your path, but they support the path you choose because it makes you happy. And we went back to the soup kitchen. We got our boxes of food from the churches and things like that. And I'm grateful there were systems like that in place so that we could do that. But that's not even my point. My point was I felt so stifled and I had no energy and I had no impetus to do anything else when I had a job that was doing that to me. It was, like I said, crushing me. And I didn't have space for anything else. But when I quit that job and I made that space, guess what happened? It freed me to allow something else into my life. It freed me to give me more energy to seek something else that was better for me, better for us. It made room, in a manner of speaking, to allow something better to come. This is why I'm such a stickler on personal boundaries. And when you find a violation, to take care of it if possible. Because when you do, and you can make room in yourself for better things in your life, better things will come along. When you don't have the room, you are de-energized, you are tired, you are in an emotionally triggered state, you are cluttered, your brain is cluttered, your mind is foggy, and it's very hard to find those complementary, supportive, nurturing things in your life because you already have people and places in your life that are violating you in some way and you haven't taken the steps to get out of those places and away from those people. Or at least taken the steps to let them know what boundaries they're violating in you. Let them know what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. When you don't make it clear, when you don't take steps to honor yourself in that way, your life stays filled with things that cause more stress and take away your peace. And yes, I know when you honor your boundaries, there's risk involved. It feels risky. But every time I've done it, it cleared the path and gave me something more. It gave me more happiness. It gave me more fulfillment. It made me realize that all I had to do was understand what was weighing me down in my life and take those things out or at least transform them into something that didn't weigh me down anymore, that actually complimented me. Because when I quit that job, just a few weeks later, I got a job that paid twice as much, allowed me to travel, 
paid for my food and got us out of the hole that we were in. And I never would have done that at the rate of pay that I was getting, nor would I have been fulfilled. Maybe my relationship would have suffered because I was coming home every day from a job I hated, but getting rid of that burden in my spirit, in my soul, helped free my mind, declutter it, give me back my energy, give me back the fire I needed to get something that was actually worthy of me. That's what I want you to feel. I want you to seek things that are worthy of you. I want you to have people in your life and work or career that is worthy of you because you'll feel it when it's not. It may take time. You may have to prepare, but take the first baby steps. If you're in this position where you do feel burdened by people and places and things violating your boundaries in some way or weighing you down in some way, Maybe it's time to think about taking a baby step in the right direction. These are just my thoughts for today. My last thought for you is to keep an open mind so that you can step into your power. This will help you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, You are amazing. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.